Arsenal take on Lons in the UEFA Champions League on Wednesday night. It's our final home game of the group stage. Can we book our place in the next round? Can we go through as group winners? It's time for another episode of the Big Match Preview. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football family with me, Harry Simeu. And on this episode of the Big Match Preview, we're going to look ahead to Arsenal's final home group game of this season's UEFA Champions League campaign. Can the Gunners not just book their place in the next round, but can they secure their place as group winners, hopefully putting us in a stronger position going into the draw for the round of 16. We're going to discuss the fixture, how it might go, uh, some of the danger men on the lawn side of things that we need to maybe look out for. We'll get into the lineup that Mikel Arteta may or may not pick. Um, I'll share with you guys the lineup that I would like to see selected. And of course, we'll take some of your thoughts and questions as always from the live chat box. Big hello as well. Um, to my good friend, Mr. Tom Canton uh, from the Guna Talk TV. He's not happy with the fact that the stream uh, started a little bit late. He says, I thought this started at 12. Can't say I've ever started a stream late. I, for one, am shocked, shocked and enraged. Well, Tom, tough. <laughs> I'm Greek. I was born late. That's how it goes. Um, I, I have to say, I, I said to Tom in the comments that the reason I had to push it back was because um, I decided instead of going out and wasting money essentially on on lunch on my way to work i'd try and make something now as you'd imagine i'm not the best cook and not the most experienced of cooks and so i massively underestimated how long it was going to take to make my food so i was uh, running a little bit behind schedule but hey it is what it is i know it sounds like i've always got an excuse for being late a lot of the time i don't um but the last couple i genuinely have had excuses so uh, I thought I'd share those uh, with you. Uh, Amira says in the chat, when's the next Canton and Simeu show? You know what? It's it's a great point. We need to do it. We need to sort it out. Tom, I'll be in touch. We'll get this uh, arranged. Just the pair of us are just so busy at the moment that it's become increasingly difficult to find sort of matching gaps in our diaries. And um, and so we're, we are where we are. But yeah, we'll, we'll try and get one of those done uh, nice and soon because they are good fun. Um, it's always great to talk Arsenal with Tom. And speaking of Tom and uh, the Guna Talk TV, uh, there is a live event coming up in February, uh, the 22nd of February, I believe. Um, I hope I haven't got that wrong because I'm coming up with it off the top of my head, uh, where Tom is going to be hosting another live event similar to the one that he hosted a little while ago, which I was really, really fortunate to be a part of. Um, it was great. So many familiar faces. Um so many people that, you know, whose screen names we saw or see on a regular basis. But to be able to put some of the faces to the names was great. And we had a great old chat. Now, Tom hasn't announced uh, the panel just yet. Um, Tom's going to do that over uh, the next months or so. Um, but I can tell you that it's going to be a really, really exciting show. So uh, if you want to get your tickets, if you want to get hold of them uh, nice and quickly, because from what I hear, and from what Tom was saying on his show this morning, they are selling out very, very quickly. Uh, then please visit the link in the description and do exactly that. Um, yeah, it should be great. Um, looking forward to it. But will I be watching? Will I be a part of it? I don't know yet. Depends if I get the call up. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, let's uh, dive into then uh, the game that is coming up, of course, uh, on Wednesday night. Arsenal visit Lons. So how does the group stand at present? <laughs> 
This is how things stand at the moment, having played four games each. Arsenal are top of the pile, having won three of their four, just that one defeat, which obviously came away at Lons, which makes us a little bit wary of them and, and what they're capable of. Um, PSV Eindhoven are four points behind us in second, Lons in third on five points too. Sevilla right at the bottom of the group down on just two points, two draws along the way for them so far. Um, disappointing campaign for them, really. Um, when you look at their pedigree in Europe, I think a lot of people thought that they'd be the ones pushing for maybe second spot in this group, but it hasn't really worked out that way. Um, we were warned on our Group uh, B preview show with Andy Brassel that this wasn't a very good severe side, that there was a bit of an identity crisis. They've changed manager over this time as well, which um, I don't think has helped in terms of continuity and all the rest of it. So, you know, maybe we shouldn't be so surprised. But when you look at those names on paper in terms of European pedigree, you'd have put Sevilla right up there, wouldn't you, with Arsenal? Um, for sure. So in terms of the permutations, well, it, it's quite cut and dry here. If Arsenal win, not only will we book our place in the round of 16, but we'll also win the group. Meaning that the game against PSV Eindhoven coming up um, in our final one away from home, of course, would become essentially a dead rubber for us. Um, and put us in a place where we could rest players, where we could rotate, which is probably going to be needed because we're coming into a really, really busy period uh, of the season. If we draw, um, we qualify regardless of the other results, but we might not uh, seal uh, the, the first place in the group. If we draw and PSV fail to win, then we still win the group. So, you know, there's a lot that can happen um, in terms of permutations here. It can go... Um, group winners, it can go qualifiers, it can go if we lose, then, you know, then that can open things up a little bit. But generally, things are weighted in our favour. So it's going to take a bit of a disaster, I would say, for Arsenal not to at least secure their place in the next round. But I'm backing Arsenal to go on and win the group. And I think, you know, we can talk about the team in a little bit. And, you know, there might be a temptation to rest this player and rest that player. I think Arteta will be looking at this and think, rather than take any risks, rather than take any gambles, rather than putting our fate in terms of whether or not we can win the group into the final game, which is a tricky away trip to PSV Eindhoven. We've lost there um, in the not-too-distant past. Then it's probably the best thing to do to go out there and try and win this game and mean that we have an entire game which becomes a dead rubber rather than having to scrape around potentially with maybe a half-strong team because we've qualified, but obviously we prefer to win the group. So. That's how I see it. Just go out and, and play the game and and give it your all, give it your best and um, and fingers crossed, you know, we can get over the line. I know we're talking about games either side of it. We played at Brentford on Saturday. So to be playing on Wednesday isn't the end of the world um, in terms of the recovery time. We've got a much deeper squad now and there are a few players that I would probably bring into the side that I don't think would significantly lower our level. We'll get onto that in a minute. Um, but then, of course, at the weekend, we play Wolves again. You know, it's a home game against a side that you're fancied to be. I'm not saying that I would take Wolves lightly, uh, certainly not. And we'll talk briefly about Wolves a little bit later on because obviously they were on the receiving end of some poor decisions again last night. Um, and there's been quite a bit of reaction to Gary O'Neill's comments. We'll, as I say, we'll discuss that. We'll dissect them. Um, but yeah, you know, it's not like we're away to to Liverpool on Saturday. It's not like we're away to you know, Villa, a game that we've got coming up. I, I feel like because of the fixtures around this one, I know Brentford took quite a bit out of us. The fact that it was an international break, I think 
and and that we were getting people back who maybe weren't a hundred percent who had been traveling halfway across the world all of that was was a problem and i think impacted our performance as as we expected but you look at the fixture at home to wolves and i'm not saying it's going to be easy i'm not saying we're going to steamroll through them because it's the premier league and you never know what can happen but if you could pick a fixture that would be up there wouldn't it among the fixtures that you'd be um quite content with having off the back of a champions league game and also we're at home tonight so there isn't that long journey that needs to be made or anything like that um afterwards on the way back etc etc so um yeah, that's uh, how the group looks at the moment. In terms of players to watch out for from a Lons perspective, now I was having a quick peek earlier on today at the sort of league and table and Lons aren't having the greatest of seasons. It's fair to say they're sixth in the league, which isn't bad. Don't get me wrong. It's not a disaster. There's no need to panic. They're still, I think, in the mix for a Champions League spot. They're only five points off of Monaco who are in third at the moment. You know, they're within touching distance of Europa League places, Europa Conference League places. I think maybe like a lot of teams that maybe aren't always in Europe, we've seen them struggle with being able to cope with European football and domestic football, being able to kind of balance the two things. It's not an easy thing to do, um, as Brighton will tell you, for example. And I'd, I'd put Lons in a similar bracket to Brighton in terms of, you know, they hadn't been in the Champions League for a long, long time. I know Brighton aren't in the Champions League, but they hadn't been in Europe for a long while. Um, you know, the, the, the questions were around the depth of the squad. Uh, would it be able to cope? Would it be able to handle, um, y- you know, the, uh, the the issues um, that that poses and, and, and the sort of extra workload that that uh, means you have? Yeah, so... I don't look at their league position and think, oh, well, that means we should absolutely batter them because I think you've always got to understand the context around these things. I think Champions League games are cup games, essentially. Uh, The group games are are a little bit different in terms of there's not always that desperation to win every single game because it isn't a knockout uh, phase or, or it isn't a knockout style competition at this stage anyway. But Lons beat us away from home. And, and I think the atmosphere played a massive part in that. And I think Arsenal just weren't at the races that day. But, you know, w- although we should be confident, we should be mindful uh, of what they're capable of. And we shouldn't sit there and say, well, they're sixth in the French League and we're top of the Premier League. Therefore, we should absolutely batter them. This is the Champions League. Everybody that's there is there on merit. And you have to take every single opponent seriously. Having said that, I think I'd make a few changes to the side. Um, And and the reason we can make a few changes to the side, in my opinion, is because we are in a stronger position now as a squad. We have more options available to us. Um, If if we didn't have those options, then I'd be very much advocating playing what we deem generally to be Arsenal's best 11. And I still think that the team I would pick would be very, very close to that, but just not 100% spot on. Um, Let's uh, let's move on then to the team uh, that I would like to see uh, Mikel Arteta pick. Now, I'd bring David Raya uh, back in goal. I'm not going to talk about the Raya-Ramsdale thing again. Uh, not today anyway. Um, we're going to talk about needing to go out and win this game and the significance of it. Therefore, I want to see the man who is currently our number one goalkeeper starting between the sticks. I've gone with White, Saliba, Kivio and Zinchenko across the back line. I thought Zinchenko had a good game at Brentford. He's found his form again after a little bit of a dip. Um, I'm always wary 
about the workload that we place on Tommy Asu because of the frequency with which he's picked up injuries. He's not the only one, but he is someone who we've really suffered from losing for periods of time uh, in recent seasons. So I'd probably give him the night off, at least from the start. Ben White, of course, came on as a late substitute at Brentford, which suggests that he is uh, close to full fitness and maybe with the extra few days, he'll be um, fine to come back into the side. So he would come in at right back for me. You'll notice the change I've made at the back is Gabriel out, Kivi or in. Now, this is not a reflection in any way, shape or form um, of uh, Gabriel's performances. I think he's been fantastic. I think he really, really is uh, a wonderful player, um, Gabriel. I, I, I love him to bits. I think he's so important to us. I think the way that he not just provides brilliant support to William Saliba, but defends one-on-one situations himself and the way he's able to cover the spaces left by the fullback quite often as well, I think is is really, really impressive. So it's not because of anything other than this guy went over to Brazil, played in both games, had that long old journey back, was seen as, deemed as too important to leave out for the trip to Brentford. Because of those reasons, I just think he could probably do with a bit of a breather. And so the decision was, do you give him a breather at home to Wolves or do you give him a breather at home to Lance if you believe that that is what he needs? And I do believe that is what he needs. I think this is a game on the European stage where the football is, is played at a slightly different pace, um, you know, where I'm expecting Arsenal to have most of the ball, et cetera, et cetera. I think this is a game in which we could probably get away with bringing Jakub Kivior in. Would I change both centre-halves? No, I think that's too big a risk, too great a risk to take. But to change one um, and leave William Saliba in the side, bring Ben White, who's part of our regular back four, back into the picture as well. I think, you know, we can we can live with that. We can cope with that. We can get away with that in this game. And I'd rather protect Gabriel just because I'm wary of the impact that that travel had uh, and the fact that he was thrown straight back into the mix. In midfield... Um, I've gone with Rice because I think he's so, so important, at least playing from the start. Um, you know, again, if Thomas Partey's fit, different story. Maybe I'm more inclined to give Declan Rice the break that maybe some people feel he needs. Odegaard will continue. I think Odegaard needs to play his way back into form. I don't think he was great up at Brentford. I think he was bad, but I don't think he was great. I don't think he was anywhere near the level that we know he's capable of. And I'd start Kai Havertz in that uh, sort of attacking midfield position because he didn't start the game the other day, so he'll be fresher, of course, um, but he'll be brimming with confidence as well, having come on and made the difference. I'd also leave Gabriel Martinelli out because uh, he obviously made uh, that long trip as well. He looked a little bit fatigued, in my opinion, having watched the game back yesterday um, at Brentford. Wasn't at his explosive best, so I'd probably take him out. I'd leave Bukayo Saka on the right-hand side because he's another one that I think probably needs to play his way back into peak form, um, even if he did provide a, a brilliant assist for the goal at the weekend. And then I'd continue with Jesus up front, but with a view to, if possible, taking him off at maybe 60, 65, maybe even 70 minutes. I think we've got to manage Gabriel Jesus carefully. Um, you know, I think that we uh, have to be wary of the workload placed on him. The reason I've left him in the team 
and not Gabriel and not Martinelli is because he wasn't involved in Brazil's first game. Now, I know that he was in an injured state when he went over to Brazil. And so there were question marks around whether he should have been involved at all in the game against Argentina. Clearly, he was OK uh, to do so. Clearly, he was OK to then start at Brentford. So clearly, the Arsenal medical team deem him fit enough to play. And I just think, yeah, um, you know, he's in great form in the Champions League. He's uh, on a brilliant run in this particular competition. He's a difference maker at this level. And so I would start with him because I think there is a drop-off between him and Eddie Nketiah um, that maybe there isn't in Martinelli for Trossard. So that's kind of my logic and thinking behind that. So my starting eleven to face, Lons, Raya in goal, White, Saliba, Kivior and Zinchenko across the back line, Rice, Odegaard and Havertz in midfield with Trossard and Saka flanking Gabriel Jesus. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at. Now, thinking about what Lons have to offer and thinking about the, the challenge and the threat that I think they will pose uh, come Wednesday night, there's a couple of players that I think we need to watch out for. I think for me, uh, the main man is El Yawahi, um, who scored against us, uh, of course, in the game out in Lons, but also was instrumental in their first goal. Um, I thought he was brilliant, really, really good in um, in that game. Uh, he's got two goals in four Champions League games so far, um, which for a young striker of just 20 years old is, is pretty impressive. He's got two goals uh, in league earn, which isn't as impressive as I thought it might be. Um, sort of just taking into account how he's performed in the Champions League. He hasn't really been able to translate that into league earn, but it's not just his goal scoring prowess. If you go back to Lonzi's first goal, the way he kind of took the ball out of the air and had the awareness to then pick out a teammate and um, and find uh, his, his uh, teammate, I thought was... Really, really spectacular. I think he's a wonderful, wonderful footballer, really lively, really energetic and someone that is going to be buzzing around our defensive line from the outset, looking to make things happen. So when I went through the lawn side um, and sort of tried to kind of figure out who it is I'd be most wary about, his name was the one I had in my mind beforehand. And when I've looked at the stats and looked at some highlights this morning, um, you know, that opinion has not changed. So my initial kind of assessment of El Yawahi, watching him um, in the flesh over in Lons, but also um, with him being a player that I've kept a, a sort of relatively close eye on over the last season because of the speculation linking him with a number of Premier League clubs. I think I'm right in saying that he is their danger man. He's the one they'll look to for inspiration and for that bit of magic. Um, I'm going to take some of your questions uh, in just a moment. I'm going to share with you guys, though, first uh, my prediction for the game. I'm going to go for Arsenal 3, uh, Lawns 0. Um, I think we'll have too much firepower for them. I think we'll be able to win the game quite comfortably in the end. Um, I, I noticed a few of you in the comments uh, after the Brentford show, post-Brentford show, that is uh, highlighting that I got that one absolutely spot, spot on in terms of the scoreline. So there you go. Uh, so we've got form. We're going into this one in good form. Um, but yeah, that's my prediction. 3-0 to the Arsenal. I'll take some of your questions in a moment. But before we do that, I just wanted to quickly touch on events in the Premier League last night. Uh, Gary O'Neill's comments and um, and what that maybe means uh, going into the game with us at the weekend. Now, of course, we'll do that in more detail when we do the preview show um, on Thursday or Friday. But 
I just wanted to touch on what we saw last night because I think it's important that we keep the same energy with this stuff uh, every single week. And it's not just about when it goes against Arsenal. It's about the overall standards, which clearly, in my opinion, need to improve. So Gary O'Neill's side lost at Fulham last night by three goals to two. And it's fair to say they were on the wrong end of not one, not two, not three, but probably four decisions. Uh, Two penalties awarded against them, neither of which I thought were penalty kicks. Um, Tim Ream probably should have been sent off for Fulham um, for a second yellow card. And and there were various other things that Gary O'Neill had an issue with. And you can understand it. You know, you can understand it. You you really, really can. Um, Gary O'Neill spoke after the game and he's getting a lot of praise for, for the comments that he made. Maybe not so much the comments, but maybe the way in which he said them. Um, you know, he, he seemed to be a little bit more calmer. He Yeah, he was calmer, wasn't he, than Mikel Arteta. But I, I'm just at the point where, like, it's admirable what Gary O'Neill is trying to do, which is he's trying to, um, you know, he's trying to keep it balanced. He's trying to keep it fair. He said that tonight has finally turned me against VAR. He said, it doesn't matter if you send me flowers, if you ring me and apologize, my side should have 22 points rather than 15 this season. And that makes a difference to my reputation, um, to the club, to the supporters of this club and all the rest of it. And I think he's right to say all of those things. You know, he's got every right to feel aggrieved. And it's not the first time this season that Wolves have been on the wrong end of this stuff. So I totally get the frustration. But this whole like coming out and speaking about it in a civilised nature, like, yeah, fine. It's admirable. It's in an ideal world what everybody would do, but it ain't going to make the slightest bit of difference. And that's my frustration with this. You need to come out and be proper, not aggressive, but you need to be proper firm in the way you talk, I think. I think you need to make a statement. I think the worst thing for the PGMOL is to have VAR and and the mistakes that it makes as a process and as a concept with poor officials in charge. For that to be top of the agenda after every single game is the worst possible thing for the PGMOL and for Howard Webb's position, right? That's that's the only way that we're going to enforce real change and we're going to cause them to actually go back to the drawing board and try and figure out how we fix this and how we make this process work better. These niceties, they're admirable, fine, great. You can go around if you're Gary O'Neill and tell everybody that you're a decent human being. And he is a decent human being. I'm not denying that for a second. But is that actually going to inflict change? You know, I said when it happened to us, I said when it happened to Liverpool, that the bigger clubs with that clout had a responsibility to call out this nonsense when it occurs. I think Wolves, you know, under normal circumstances, maybe wouldn't have that clout. But when they've been in a position where they've been on the wrong end of stuff three, four times now this season, and it's significantly impacting their league position, have got every right to be angry, every right to be annoyed, and should be making more and more noise. Gary O'Neill said, I don't want to behave like that. You know, I want to behave like a decent human being. I want to do things the right way, but maybe I'm going to get to a place where I have no choice. Well, if I was Gary O'Neill, I'd have crossed over that line already. And I actually think he's given the PGMOL a bit of an easy ride here because, yeah, people are going to talk about this for the next couple of days, but no one's going to talk about it to the extent that they did Mikel Arteta's rant. Now, granted, Arsenal are a bigger club than Wolves, and so there's going to be a difference in the way these things are reported and and the interest in 
the the story itself. But I, I just really think he gave him an easy ride by staying so calm and so composed. I think you can be aggressive and pointed in the way you say things without crossing a line. I think you can be firmer than Gary O'Neill was. So I'm not criticising him per se, but I just thought it was an opportunity for Gary O'Neill to really apply some pressure on the officials going into their next game, which obviously I don't want him to do because it's against us. But I really thought that he kind of missed an opportunity to let the PGMOL have it um, and make this a bigger story, which it needs to be so that we get to a point where the Premier League, who fund and are on the board of the PGMOL, are then demanding an improvement in standards. Because right now, this is just not good enough. Not good enough at all. OK, uh, going to take a few of your questions uh, before uh, I head off. You can join me um, and Adi Oladipo on TalkSport 2 later. Uh, looking forward to discussing that, building up to the Champions League games, uh, which are coming up as well. So, um, yeah, should be fun. Um, let's take a short pause and then your questions start getting them in the chat. Right. Let's see uh, what you guys uh, are saying. Um, a couple of nice comments. Mario says... Uh, Afternoon, mate. Um, need just a win to seal the deal. I'm there at the game tomorrow. Come on, you gunners. Me too. Um, hopefully see you. Um, do enjoy. Uh, Creambone says, I have a major complaint, Mr. Simi. Where is and when is the great Mike Stavry on again? If this is not resolved ASAP, you'll be hearing from my legal representatives. Hey, Mike Stavry's gone big time. He's gone big time. It's really difficult um, for us to, uh, similar to the situation with Tom, for us at the moment to kind of marry up our diaries. I did actually, no word of a lie, text him about an hour before I went live. Just, he came to my head and I thought, oh, I'd love to do a pod with Mike. It's been a long old time. So uh, I dropped him a message. Fingers crossed we can get something arranged very, very soon. Uh, Mindful Mastery says, when does Timber return? The truth is, mate, I don't know. Um, I really, really don't know. Um, there was speculation that he might be out until the end of the season. But Mikel Arteta said in one of his recent press conferences that actually he's progressing quite well. So I don't know what to believe uh, on that one uh, at this moment in time. But, you know, let's just see how it goes. It's a long old injury. He's been back on the grass, but he hasn't been uh, fully training or anything like that. Um, you know, it's the type of injury that he can't afford to aggravate. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, thank you to Raphael who says, Hi, Harry, trust you're well. Uh, your debrief program yesterday was very insightful. Your analysis for tomorrow's game with Lons exemplifies your high level of expertise in football. Thank you. Um, thank you. Not that many questions coming through, but lots of nice comments. So I'll take them. Um, Temi Ola says he'd go with Raya, Saliba, Gabriel, Zinni and White at the back. Uh, Jorginho, Rice and Odegaard in midfield. Trossard, Jesus and Havertz up top. Interesting. Interesting. Where would Havertz play then? On the right? Is that what you're saying? No place for Bukayo Saka in the side? Is that because you want to rest him? Or is that because you think that he's just not doing it at the moment? Which, I mean, I, I kind of see where you're coming from on the eye test, if that is the, the angle from which you're approaching this. But he is producing still. You know, it was an assist for him again at the weekend. So, yeah, we've got to be wary and mindful of that. Look, leave a like, subscribe to the channel, all the rest of it. I've got a dash because I've got to catch the train at 1.06 p.m. So I've got about, what, just over 15 minutes uh, to make a dash for the station. I'll see you all uh, tomorrow with more. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll, um, we'll, of course, bring you some reaction to the game against Lons 2 on Wednesday. Um, maybe Wednesday evening, probably Thursday morning, though, just depending on timings, because uh, I am covering the game, which means I'll probably get home really late. But, yeah, we'll get it sorted. Until then, take care of yourselves and stay safe. All the best. Goodbye. <laughs>